0: Well, I say good morning, Bill.
1: Bill, are you there? Hello. Hi, Bill. Hey, how you doing? I've got just a couple of questions here. All right, sir. Uh, I've got uh, two uh, roses, Sharon.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Althea's, yes, sir.
1: Uh, I've got the lavender one, and then I've got the darker one. Okay. Uh, And the one in the front is actually due to lack of care and planning uh when we had all that rain back in the thing it was already about six or eight feet tall and it grew. <laughs> it
0: the got bigger
1: to the the yeah floor
0: i remember the ones in front of my mom's house were probably ten or twelve feet tall yes sir
1: how how far back i mean i can see it' kind of a it's got two trunks about three inches in diameter yeah and uh how far down should i bring that or she like this, like where I can see the all that old growth, like from 'em up there.
0: Well, or go go lower than that's this. that's really up to you. Um, Althea Rosa Sharon is naturally a fairly big plant, so I'm not going to try to cut it down to two feet tall. But if you want to cut it down to four or five feet tall, you can sure do that. It's probably still without leaves. I haven't seen any Rosa Sharon really starting to come out yet this okay, spring. It doesn't have any leaves. Yeah, going. this this is the one the, in the
1: front is is by the front sidewalk. Uh huh. And I've got a ten foot wide porch there. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, it, it's it's pretty high. I, I could I could probably go eight to ten feet. Sure. still well, have flowers
0: up to there. You cut it back to the point that you want it to branch. Um, like I say, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't go shorter than four feet. But if you need no, to cut I, it, no, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. No, you can cut it right now. Is the time to do it. The other thing that I will warn you about, Rose of Sharon is don't do much watering because Rosa Sharon likes dry soil. It is unfortunately susceptible to cottony root rot, which sometimes happens when the soils stay excessively wet, and we've sure had plenty of rain this winter to keep your Rosa Sharon happy. But as we get brighter, just don't be tempted to go out there and water it all the time because that could cause you some problems. But as far as pruning...
1: No, I don't water out there in the front yard.
0: Good. Well, you, you can prune it this afternoon. That'll be fine.
1: Uh, okay, uh, second question. Uh, on the same porch, it's got a 10 feet wide by 6 foot deep porch. There, uh-huh. And I built a, <clears throat> excuse me, I built a wooden box that went p- between the two corner posts, okay. 10 feet long, and raised it, you know, what's you know, uh, I've got some yellow, I guess it is, uh, poinsettias. Mm hmm. And they're still alive. My daughter kept them, kept them watering and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this face is west, uh, but the front yard has a massive crepe myrtle, okay. so it doesn't get the blazing hot western sun.
0: Okay. And are the, is this box that you have built, this planter box, is on the front of the porch or the back of the porch?
1: It's on the front of the porch okay. where it drains down it's got holes in the bottom so any water goes down and drains into the flower bed in front of it
0: and it's bright light but filtered light
1: yes it's it's western light in the afternoon uh-huh and but filtered by that grape myrtle okay south there.
0: and you're looking so for a
1: good place for it?
0: um should be should be fine. I mean, are you looking for something green to grow in there? Do you want flowers to grow in there along with your poinsettias?
1: Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd I'd like to kind of if possible preserve these uh poinsettias.
0: Yeah, I just keep yeah, them uh, you know, keep them watered, fertilize them, treat them just like you would a begonia or anything else and they're going to get much bigger the growers that produce them commercially um They treat them with growth retardants to make small plants out of them. You can cut them back up until about the middle of July. You may trim them two or three times to make them branching and very, very full. But realize that they're not going to be a little 18-inch high or 12-inch high plant like uh, you got from the store or the florist. They're going to be probably minimum three to four feet tall.
1: Okay, that's that's fine with me. Okay, because a little... Well, Just just
0: water them and fertilize them and treat them like you would begonias or houseplants or things like that. They will be fine. If you want to plant something around them to have some greenery, maybe having something trail out over the front, uh, you could plant some asparagus fern. You could plant something like the so-called firecracker plant, Roselia. Uh, there are lots of other things that you can put in there that will do along with your poinsettias that are going to give you pretty flowers and things through the summer months. So, yeah, it sounds like oh, okay. a great thing to do.
1: Okay, and the only other thing is I've got about three pounds of russet potatoes that all of a sudden, well, that probably not all of a sudden, but I looked saw them, and there you got all, they sprouted. Uh-huh. Uh, Can I plant them now?
0: Absolutely. If February's the month for planting potatoes, cut them up so that you have two little sprouting eyes in each section. I like to coat the cut edges with either rock phosphate or wood ashes. Plant them about two inches deep in a sunny spot in your garden, and you'll have lots more potatoes in a couple of months.
1: Okay, that sounds good, Bob. In fact, I've got some of that rock flies. That same stuff you put in your your under your tomato tomatoes, plants right?
0: yes sir yeah. sure is
1: all right thanks bob
0: you're sure welcome thanks for the call javier's next good morning sir hi bob how do you
2: hey uh <clears throat> we have a lot of clover and uh we wanted to uh, plant some of those uh square uh grass squares on there uh-huh do we have to pull a, pull up the uh
0: the clover do we
2: have to pull up do we have to pull up the clover?
0: No, not at all. Now, the areas that you're planting your grass squares, you do want those new squares to be in contact with the soil underneath. So in the little spot that you're going to put your square of grass down, yeah, I would uh, take a grub and hoe or something or other and just, you know, kind of rake up whatever's there because your new grass will have to make contact with the soil underneath but you don't have to go through the whole yard and clean all the clover out you just have the places you want to put in your new grass squares it just needs to make contact with the soil underneath
2: okay and you mentioned earlier a reel or mower yeah Uh, i've got a couple but the blades are not that sharp is there a way to sharpen them without uh using the drill Uh, i saw on the internet and i don't quite understand how to do it with
0: the drill? Is there like a manual way to do it? Oh, sure. Yeah, Any anything that you would use to sharpen a metal blade, a real-type mower, you know, it's just basically the the blade turns from top to bottom instead of from side to side. I will tell you that it is a bit of an art But if you've ever sharpened uh, a hole or sharpened, um, you know, just about anything, you're going to do basically the same thing in cutting those blades. And on more blades, we don't try to make them razor sharp. We just try to make them reasonably sharp because because they're spinning at a high rate of speed, um, they will do the cutting. I let the pros do it. Uh, I mean, if you're here in San Antonio, uh, my favorite uh, lawnmower shop is C&L Mower over on Austin Highway. They're closed Sunday and Monday. But Willie over there will do a nice job at a very reasonable price. But if you've got the tools, the time, and uh, don't mind busting your knuckles occasionally, you can certainly do it yourself.
2: Okay. And and also last weekend uh, we noticed that the Dr. Staffel show didn't come on. It was a different one. So – the the other uh, doctor didn't decide not to come on or
0: well it you know i i'm not around this radio station during the weekdays and nobody ever tells me anything um i was in uh, the uh, dentist office in dr staffel's old office is now dr staffel and uh And Williamson but um and I talked to Mark and he just hasn't made up his mind whether he's going to continue doing the show he is so busy seeing patients his patients and Dr. Staffel's patients that I don't know if they're going to continue it I notice on my log that I pick up when I walk into the studio on Sunday. They don't have me talking about it this week. So, um, again, they they treat me like a mushroom. They keep me in the dark all the time around here. So I don't know what to tell you about his show, um, but when I learn, I will certainly let you know.
2: Okay. And and also you said you were going to speak with uh, Bruce about coming on with you a little bit uh no news on, on yeah bruce. i've got
0: to call bruce he called me and i wasn't able to talk while i was out at one of the gift shows but thanks for reminding me i'll try to get hold of bruce this week and uh, see if we can't get him to uh to call in and visit with us at least a little bit i know he's doing well because like i say he called i was just in uh in a place where i couldn't talk and i just i've neglected to call him back but i will do it soon i appreciate the reminder
2: Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. and Have a nice weekend.
0: You do the same, Javier. I appreciate the call and good questions. All right. It's going to be, uh, Virginia and Bill and let's see, and then it'll be Kathy and Chris straight back to these phone lines. Good morning, Virginia.
3: Good morning. I have four questions. And I'm trying to make it as short as possible. Okay. Uh, the first one is, uh, I need to, I talked to somebody on the on that show that y'all had yesterday about home improvement yep yeah. uh i need to get a second car and uh i don't want to kill my pecan trees but i was wondering if it's okay to put gravel on one side of the roots that i could drive the vehicle on
0: well if you're you know if it's just getting driven on once a day twice a day something like that um yeah, uh-huh. yeah that's not going to cause problems now if it was uh super duty pickup truck with six tires instead of four and you know a heavy trailer mm-hmm. behind it that would be a little bit of a problem but you know a standard passenger sedan i i'm not going to worry about uh that and it wouldn't hurt to put down a little gravel my choice would be decayed granite because it's a lot easier to walk on and uh mm-hmm. then you know then than gravel is but uh no i i don't think you're going to cause any severe problems there
3: okay now i have Two baby palm trees, the uh, uh, native palms, you know, from mm-hmm. out of water, they are. Okay. Uh, came up, and they came up in the fall last year. Yeah. And I wasn't didn't have any time to get around to digging them up. Could I dig them up now, or will I still damage them by cutting the roots if I dig them up now?
0: You need to wait till it gets warmer. Uh, palms okay. are not like roses or other green shrubs, which we transplant this time of year. Palms, we cut in the hot part of the year. So put it off for at least a couple of months. And even July and August are probably the best months of the year for transplanting palms.
3: Okay. If I put them in the greenhouse, that wouldn't make a bit of difference for them.
0: Well, anything where you're just moving it, um, you know, wouldn't cause any problems. So what happens when you cut the root on a palm tree, it dies all the way back to the, you know, base of the plant, and the tree has to start over making new roots. If you wanted to put them in a great big pot, put them on a propagating mat in a warm greenhouse that consistently stays probably 70 degrees or above, um, you could do that. But uh, we're not talking just keeping it above freezing. We're talking about keeping that soil super warm to get those roots growing again. And if you can provide that kind of situation, yes, you could dig them up and put them in a pot at this time of year.
3: Okay. Now, two quick questions. Uh, What pomegranates grow in Zone 9 and what avocados grow in Zone 9?
0: Well, the best, if you're looking for a productive pomegranate, my favorite is still the old one they call Wonderful. There's some fancy new hybrids out there, but if you just want a hardy, reliable, heavy-producing tree of a medium-sized pomegranate, Wonderful is the variety that you want to uh, plant. As far as avocados, Um, there are several of the so-called Mexican varieties, but what I want you to remember about them is the first year or two they're in the ground, they're not going to be very cold hardy. As long as they have that smooth bark, uh, they are still susceptible to freeze damage after a year or two, they start forming a rough bark and they will do fine in zone nine. But, uh, some of the varieties, one of them is called opal, O P A L. There's another one that's called Joey, J-O-E-Y. Oh, uh-huh. gosh, there, there are others out there. But those are a couple of good ones to start with. But even though they they may say they're hardy in Zone 9, that first winter that they're in the ground, you may have to give them a little bit of protection. After that, they'll be good, except in the very coldest winters.
3: Okay, last question. Tom how do you keep them from splitting open if they got fruit?
0: Say that once again, I didn't quite understand.
3: Uh- pomegranate fruit, you know, they have Uh a habit of popping open.
0: Yeah. That... Uh, You stop that by giving them regular watering. Pomegranates will survive drought, but when they get too dry, that skin on the fruit tends to harden. And then when they get a lot of water, they swell up inside and split the skin. So if you can keep them evenly moist, if you can water regularly, keep them mulched where that soil moisture stays even, you'll have very little problem with the skin splitting.
3: Okay, thank you very much. Have a good
0: one. Good questions, Virginia. Thank you for the call. Uh, Next up is going to be, uh, let's see, yes, Bill next. Good morning, Bill.
4: Good morning. Hey, last week you mentioned to a lady about how to propagate comfrey with root cuttings or something. How do you do that?
0: Well, your comfrey, you know, the surest way is you will look at that plant and you will see that it makes several little plant-like growths coming up, and you can just take a sharp shovel or a little hand trowel and kind of dig out little sections of it. But below, if you were to dig up a portion of it and just divide up some of the roots, cumfrey has a relatively large root with lots of little roots coming off of it just different root divisions uh, planted up in the warm soil in a pot generally every little root division will grow a new plant but you're going to have to get the roots that are fair sized and by that I mean oh maybe not quite the diameter of a chopstick but uh, oh like you use for a meat skewer or something like that you want to get a little section of roots that are at least that big and then it should sprout and grow a new plant for you
4: Grade. are they on a rhizome or no what is it just, okay, just yeah, i could just yeah it's just
0: very much yeah mm-hmm. they uh just the the roots will tend to re-sprout um i can't tell you exactly the physiology of it i don't know exactly how it works on comfrey but i know people that plant them and then decide that they're getting too big and they try to dig up the mother plant and they just keep coming back over and over and over but that's not a bad thing comfrey's a pretty plant and it's extraordinarily useful
4: Yeah, I know. I've got a couple in my garden that are at least 20 years old, and all of a sudden I've got two of them that have come up. Four of them have not. So I'm going to dig down and get those that have not and see what they look like.
0: Well, don't be in too big a hurry. This is the 17th day of February. This is not spring. This is still winter, and I'm not at all surprised that they haven't started coming up. There are a lot of things that freeze back in my yard. I'm going to give it till the middle of March before I start questioning. Whether it's coming back,
4: okay, great. I'll do that then. I appreciate your
0: help. It's always a pleasure, Bill. Thank okay, you, sir. As usual. Right, bye, bye bye. I guess that's a good compromise. I usually make more work for people. I love it when I can make a little less work for them, and uh, that's the case with Bill and his comfrey. Let's see what Kathy's up to. Good morning, Kathy.
5: Good morning. Good morning. I am looking to buy the twenty percent vinegar. Yes, uh, I'm in the Bernie area, and. Uh, I've not been able to find it at the big box store or local.
0: Uh, have you tried Hill Country African violets over there?
5: No, I haven't tried over there. I've checked Wheelers and uh, different places like that. Uh,
0: Wheelers they- is Wheelers uh, is uh, masquerading as a farm and ranch store. They're not going to have what you need. Um, I I don't think any feed store is likely to have it. it. They could get it for you if they wanted to. But I'll tell you, if you want to ask somebody to get it for you, you get a lot better service down at Strut down there at the Fair Oaks exit. But uh, Hill Country African Violets there, they're just practically right there at the uh, Cascade Caverns exit. I'll bet you Mm -hmm. Ken's got – what's that?
5: I'm familiar with them. We shop
0: yeah. there quite a bit. Yeah, well, go check them out. And tell Ken I said to put it on the shelves if he doesn't already have it there. Uh, beyond that, uh, you can call Jeff Knight down at Stone & Soil, which is just beyond uh, Fair Oaks, uh, just a little way south. Jeff will get it for you if he doesn't already have
5: it. Okay. And then can I store that in a, a pump sprayer? No. Uh, or will the uh, – it's for weed control? Uh,
0: no. and it It'll – it'll eat up the seals in your pump sprayer you need to keep it in the bottle if you have any leftover pour it back in the bottle and always rinse your sprayer very very thoroughly because that 20% vinegar is pretty caustic toward those rubber surfaces so uh need to store it in the concentrated form only mix as much as you need and then rinse your sprayer thoroughly afterwards
5: thank you so much have a good
0: afternoon and you do the same Kathy appreciate it goodbye all right, it's going to be Chris and Jean and Kim and Christine, and uh, Chris is up first. Good morning, Chris. Hi, good morning. Morning.
2: Um, I know you've you've covered this probably several times.
0: It probably but, needs to be covered um,
2: again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to set up a, my garden. I, I didn't do it last year, but I'm trying to get the dirt and soil ready.
0: Mm-hmm. One, is
2: it too late? And two, what should I be putting in the in it to get it ready
0: well it is never too late in fact it's too early for a lot of things so don't despair you it is not (laughs) you you still have lots of time and lots of things to plant and i would tell you put on your calendar if you're here in san antonio two weeks from yesterday not next saturday but the following saturday is when i'm going to do free seminar on vegetable gardening and believe me give me an hour hour and a half i'll teach you more than any book so would love to have you come to that but uh to answer your question the thing that your that your garden needs most uh is uh you know good fertilizer good compost good organic material and what i do in advance of planting if it's where i'm going to plant individual plants like a tomato plant I'm going to go put a cupful of fertilizer and then four or five cups of compost on top of it. If it's where I'm going to plant something in a row like beans, I'm going to put just a band of fertilizer on top of the soil and a band of compost on top of that. Uh, these things softening the soil underneath they start stimulating the soil microbes you'll see you have a ton of earthworms will suddenly move in and that is the basics of what you want to do now uh, if you say well gosh my soil just it doesn't hold water you could always add a little bit of uh, lava sand to it if you say I had problems with things that were just yellowing they just weren't staying a good green color then I would tell you to add some uh, green sand if you you want to build microbial activity uh, you could add some dry molasses and those would all be good things to do but the two most important things are going to be fertilizer and compost and if you need to do any weed control you know get in there with a push-pull hoe or pull weeds or grub and hoe whatever it takes to at least uh, get the majority of the weeds out of the way. Now things that you can and should plant right now Onions, this is a great time to still plant onions, but you've only got a couple of weeks left. Uh, Potatoes, this is the time of year we plant red potatoes, white potatoes. We do not plant sweet potatoes this early. That's a whole different class of plants. But uh, potatoes can and should be planted right now. Leeks can certainly be planted right now. Most leafy vegetables, such as chard, such as mustard, most of your lettuces. This is still a very good time to be planting those. Uh, You can get another crop of radishes in. Uh, If you do it immediately, you could plant some carrots. You could plant some turnips. Um, I've probably given you more work than you really want to do, but uh, those are all things that could be planted right now and by all means be getting the soil ready because we're just Uh, I can't tell you how long, uh, stay tuned, so to speak, but we're just a few weeks away from starting to plant squash and beans and uh, uh, tomatoes and peppers and eggplant. It's still way too early for okra, um, and there's some really hot weather things, but cucumber, squash, melons beans uh those things we'll be planting probably in two to three weeks so right now plant those things i mentioned the onions the leeks the potatoes the leafy greens uh the root crops those we don't have to worry about a freeze um but um other things uh, you're you're just right on the cusp of uh <laughs> spending all day long in the garden with things you can do if if that's your choice
2: okay um So you brought up uh, like carrots and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Those are just through seeds. Those
0: are through seeds only. Only things you're going to be planting as plants right now might be uh, lettuces. uh, Chard would be a good thing to plant from plants. Maybe I just don't. Can't see the forecast. Uh, Maybe you could get another crop of broccoli in, but it's getting a little bit late there. And then, of course, onions. We're planting them from uh, plants, not from seed this time of year. Same thing is true of leeks. And potatoes, you're buying what we call seed potatoes, Uh, which are just good disease-free potatoes. You're going to cut them up in little chunks that have a couple of eyes in each one, roll them in rock phosphate or wood ashes and plant. Potatoes are one of the easiest things to grow and most successful things, so save a little room for those if you like potatoes. All right. I appreciate it. And like I say, if you are available uh, a week from Saturday, you're going to have a fun seminar. Uh, if you happen to be in the neighborhood of Shades of Green anytime time before then, stick your head and just tell them you want a copy of our Vegetable Planting guides, free of charge, and it'll give you all the dates that we recommend for spring and fall planting and some other information there, too. All right. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Chris. Appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. Ah, let's see here. Next up is going to be Gene. Uh, good morning, Gene. Hey, Bob. Good morning.
4: Hi. Morning. I am taking care of a property that has a chain link fence line uh-huh. that the, bird, the birds have been very generous feeding <laughs> with hackberries. Yes. Is, what is this? I know I can cut them. And then they start to grow back again. Yep. Is there some solution, like to cut them and then not have them grow back again?
0: <laughs> yeah, you take the fence out. You take a backhoe and you <laughs> dig about six feet down. You sift through the soil and you take. Huh. No, it, they are they're uh, they're definitely an issue. How big, on average, are the hackberries you're fighting?
4: I have them all different sizes, Eight. and I have them intertwined in the fence, and I have them uh, um, either side. Yeah. You know, so some are actual trees that I need to take down, and some are just little suckers.
0: Okay. I pull up everything I can pull up. And, you know, it's amazing up to the diameter of a pencil, um, pair of gloves. I've even been known to grab them with a pair of pliers to rip them out of the ground because everything that you can pull up, that's the easiest way to have sort of a one-and-done deal, that they're not coming back. Bigger than that, it is a... Challenge And you have two or three different choices. Uh, some them may be a little bit strange. Uh, ones that are up to, oh, half an inch, three quarters of an inch in diameter. If you can cut them off and then take something like an old soup can or a peaches can or something like that, and in effect put it upside down over the top of that, that will many times stifle them and keep them from regrowing. Uh, I've known people to put down weed block fabric, which will stunt them at least. Sometimes they try to come up from under the edge of it, but they are much, they're very tender at that point. You can break them off. You can pull them out. Um, If this were an area where there were nothing else growing Uh, and you didn't plan to plant anything there for a while, you could actually do what we do as far as killing mesquite and satch and things like that, and that would be to make a mixture of diesel and molasses. Not organic, and uh, it's sort of my last resort, but it's a whole lot better than the brush killers. And uh, you just you mix them 50-50, put a watering can, and after you cut them down, you kind of give the stump a good dousing with that, just enough to soak the upper, the upper couple of inches of soil. The diesel kills, the molasses cleans up all the nasty residues left by the diesel But, uh, again, I don't recommend that unless you've exhausted all your other options. But, uh, everybody that has a fence and has a hackberry tree in the neighborhood fights the same thing, but pull everything you can while it's still small. And, um, like I say, the, uh, if you can actually slide the weed block under the bottom edge of the fence, uh, that's one way to do it. Leave it down for a year to 18 months, uh, kill out the hackberries trying to come up, and then pull it out and get your soil back in place for planting something a little bit better along that fence line.
4: How far away from the actual tree, if I did the the, the water and diesel, is it going to affect the soil?
0: Uh, it would be molasses and diesel, and it would, it's yeah. uh, not really going to be more than an inch or two beyond the point that you pour it.
4: Oh, okay, okay, because I do have some you know, actual tree size that yep. need to go away.
0: Yeah, I, and, and I know
4: even some of these one intertwined in the fence. I can't oh, get them out of the fence. Yeah. <laughs> I all
0: wish I could say I didn't top. know what you're dealing with, but I know all too well what you're dealing with because oh, yeah, I fight yeah. it too. Yep.
4: Yeah, and then once you cut them at the fence line at the top, then you get a bush right at the top. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and, and how about uh, girdling?
0: If you are patient, girdling works very well. And what, of course, you're doing is peeling the bark off all the way around the tree for about an inch to two inch wide area. And the thing is, the the tree will leaf out. It will look like you haven't done anything at all to it. It will grow, it will thrive for a full year, and then it will fold up and die. But you can't cut the top off because that tree's got to think, that it's okay. What you've done is cut off the nutrient supply to the roots of the tree by girdling. And the tree will live and flourish until all of a sudden the roots have used up their energy and the tree just folds up and dies. So you can't cut it back. You got to, you have to let it grow. And uh, you have to be patient because it will take a year or longer, maybe even 18 months before it dies.
4: Okay. Well, that's what I was... You answered all my questions. Now I know how to attack this problem. (laughs) Get after it,
0: Gene, and have a great weekend. Appreciate the call. Thank you, you, Bob. bye -bye. Bye. All right. Next up is Kim. Good morning, Kim.
6: Good morning. Um, I have three quick questions, I hope. Um, I went to trim back my my, uh, milkweed yesterday, Yeah. and it is loaded with monarch caterpillars. So obviously Good. I'm not trimming it back. Uh-huh. But my question is, I mean, I think they must have listened to the groundhog and thought we were done with winter <laughs> or whatever. It seems yep. like a odd time for them to be out. Um, is there like temperature wise? I mean, I obviously to I want to save them if I can. Mm-hmm. Is there like, should I be worried about that, or are they going to be fine if they just they're going to be carry on in nature? And
0: yeah, just- Mother Nature should take care of them. We could get another freeze, uh, could set them back, but um, unlike you know black swallowtails, things like that, I'd tell you to. You know, take the caterpillars, put them in a hatcher, put in some parsley right, or right. other things. But the the monarchs just don't feed on many other things, and it would be hard to go out and find a food source for them. So uh, I'm afraid the best thing you can do is just leave them. Encourage uh, the milkweed to grow. Want to give it a little liquid fertilizer?
6: I was yeah. The new plants are already coming up. Now yeah. it's just going to trim off all the, the leggy ones that were sticking out. Don't leave every leaf, leaf on
0: there. Plants. Trim off any dead leaves, but leave every live leaf. That caterpillar doesn't care what the leaf looks like or how leggy it is. It needs the food.
6: Okay, and I did look because I think the lowest temperature we're going to have in the next 10 days is 53 degrees. So they I should hope be fine that's with right. That. Yeah. Okay, number two. Um, I want to cut back my tropical hibiscus. Mm-hmm. Is it too early? I want to cut it back. I think by a third. My my goal is to try to get the bottom to be fuller. Uh-huh. Is do I need to, is the only way I can get that to happen is to cut them back?
0: Well, or be sure something. they get lots and lots of sun all the way around. Um, you may still have to protect them. We still are not out of the woods for temperatures that could hurt it. But as long right. as you can keep it from freezing, go ahead and cut.
6: Okay. And then the last thing that I have is, yesterday I went to a um, to our Galveston County um, Master Gardener sale uh-huh. because that's the only place I can get like the Juliet's and the 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 tomatoes and stuff that I sure, really want, sure. um, around here. Can I, do I need to just pop them up and keep them like, <laughs> or, or I know I'm asking you to be a weatherman.
0: So I'm not a weatherman and I'm not going to do that. Them. You would be safest to pop them up. Um, if okay. you want to plant them and put a cage over them, be able to wrap them up with insulator, some sort of row cover. We're not yeah. likely to have super, super cold weather but you got to be there you and the weatherman i've seen them forecast 42 yeah, degrees and
6: put the insulator around yeah. my cages because we have more wind sure. damage here than we do anything else yeah.
0: but you may have to water. put a little cap over the top as well not at the top but okay. you know down above the plants But um, the other option is the plants are pretty cheap. If you had to go back and buy them again, it wouldn't be the end of the world. So do whatever works for you, Chris. All right. Well, it looks like just about the right amount of time to finish up with Christine and Kathy. And then it'll be time for Dr. Kirby's show. Good morning, Christine.
3: Good morning, Bob. How
0: are you? Oh, it's just a beautiful day out there. Can't wait to get back out into it. Yes, it
6: is. It was cold this morning, but I don't want to take up time talking about the weather really time left. I have a question about uh, trimming or pruning our peach trees. Okay, they are blossoming. Uh huh. And you talked about how to prune them this morning, but ours are almost. One of them is completely almost in leaves. Well, is it too late?
0: No, it's not too late at all. And remember, it sounds like you have a relatively mature tree. So what we're doing now is thinning rather than really doing a severe pruning. What you want to do is go through that tree, kind of opening it up, go up and down your major limbs where you have the smaller limbs coming off that have the flowers on them and basically take out every other one. Uh, it's, it's still a fine time to do that because they really haven't started putting the energy into forming peaches at this point. At this point, you've still got just flowers. And by taking out that wood that would result in a big crop of small inferior peaches, by thinning it out by about 50%, um you should get good quality peaches and long as we don't get a severe freeze um yeah. <laughs> the peaches you know some years we yeah. get you no know, it's just not a whole lot we can do about it but uh, i would do it soon i mean today would be a great time to get out there but remember at this point you're just thinning out you're taking out dead wood. you're taking out limbs that might be crossing and rubbing but uh you've got a good project for the day
6: Okay, crossing and rubbing and deadwood. Okay, thanks. And about the compost you just talked about or when you started the break, Uh New Earth, Um, I am looking for a good compost, but I haven't aerated my yard.
0: Don't worry Um, about it. Compost is self-aerating, so to speak. Uh, If you're putting uh, compost down, there's no reason to worry about aerating. I do not recommend it.
6: Okay, and then should I just... Cut all my weeds down and then put the compost on after all the leaves and the weeds are gotten rid of?
0: I put the compost down and don't worry about it. It's going to smother a lot of the weeds out and it's going to keep more of them from sprouting.
6: Okay, so would you be okay with a type of compost consisting of ground wood chips? and molasses and something called sandy loam that that's was-
0: that's more of a mulch than a compost i want a good uh-huh. balanced blended compost and that's what new earth's going to give you or what stone and soil is going to give you and they sell more than one compost and they're all good christine let me get kathy in here before the show is over kathy we've got uh, almost two minutes how can i help
7: okay uh i i this time i didn't need to ask you anything but uh i uh I have a redbud tree in my front yard and uh-huh. I'm very thankful that it's just covered in blooms right yes, now. Yes, ma'am. Uh, but I almost lost it last uh, fall, and um, it, the leaves—it was way too early for the leaves to fall off. So I walked out and started looking at it, and I had ants mm-hmm. that were killing it and going down into the the trunk of the tree. And I—I have tried so many organic things, but. I knew I had this and it's a uh, ortho or thing and it says fire ant killer, but my neighbor also had these on her house eating the side of her house. So I sprinkled it all around her house. I asked her first and I covered that, that trunk. I mean, I put a bunch on and it killed every one of them and the tree survived. And I know I hate to put that stuff down. I hate it.
0: Okay, well, let me stop you because I've only got 30 seconds or so. The red the ants aren't killing the tree. The ants are yeah. eating dead wood that is already there. Redbud trees hate excessive moisture. And older trees uh, have suffered this year because we've had a lot of rain. And if they're in places that you add additional water, uh, that's what will shorten the life of a redbud tree or sometimes kills a young tree. Orthine is a very toxic product. I would never use it under any circumstances. Uh, if you want to kill ants, you can use vinegar and or, or you can use uh, orange oil and water.